Hello, this is Moon Graffard from the Moon Graffard Podcast. Great to have you back with us as we rock and roll. And of course, as things develop, we like to cover issues of the day. As you know, there's been some development and people are concerned about the banking business, but I got somebody today that I think you enjoy. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you subscribe. Peter Anger, and I'm probably saying it wrong, with the Heritage Foundation, he's an economist. Look, I'm within the ball game. I got to be close, Peter. <laughs> you are in the ball game. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, for me, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, Peter, let's do this first of all. Okay, we had what happened to Sil- Silicon Valley in the ba- in the bank over there, mm-hmm. and uh, I want you to tell people. So, look, you got to remember, we're talking to common folk like me. They want to know what's going on with that because they see that and go, oh, my God, what's going on? Is something else going to happen? Then we heard there was another bank in New York this happened with. So why don't you back up and tell people the kind of bank, what happened, and is this isolated? Uh, So the first thing to keep in mind is that the federal government has a giant money printer over at the Federal Reserve. And whenever anything goes bad and they need to bail something out or they want to bail out their buddies or whatever it is, they're going to crank that money printer. Yes, you're going to get inflation out of that. All right. But the important part here is that all of the banks that are going down, uh, any banks that go down in future, any securities, all that stuff is going to be bailed out. It is going to be covered. You are going to have your money. So there's no reason to go in, drain money from the bank. I don't like bankers one bit. I wish they weren't getting bailed out. But the important part right here for now is that all of these banks are going to be covered. Now, the way it's worked in this country for about 100 years now uh, is that we've had something called the FDIC. And the FDIC is a sort of standing insurance program that covers uh, your bank deposit if your bank goes under. Okay, it covers you for up to $250,000. If you've got over $250,000, then yes, you may be a little bit nervous. At that point, yeah, you got. <laughs> we can get into the details on that. But if it if you have less than two hundred fifty thousand in the bank, you can be fine. You don't have to do anything. You have to go to the ATM or anything like that. You still there? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So. Uh huh. No, but what I was going to say was, and and that's pretty easy. Most people yeah. don't have two hundred fifty. $50,000 in a bank. If you got $250,000, you can handle yourself. Yeah, yeah no, but, but what you're saying is the way it's supposed to work, if you right. got a million dollars in one bank and things go bad, you're supposed to collect your two fifty, but you lose the rest. So it keeps people from sticking money in a bank that, and all that money. Yeah. And it, it protects the small banks, too, that they can be a that, part of the system. Yep. That's exactly what's going on right now. So, you know, for 100 years, you're covered up to two fifty. What's happening now is that you had this bank out in Silicon Valley it's called Silicon Valley Bank, one of the top 20 banks in the country. These guys were playing games. Uh, they were taking weird collateral. They were making loans on boats, which is weird. Uh, they were, you know, doing uh, equity. So, you know, give us a piece of your company and this and that. Uh, they were making risky loans. And what makes Silicon Valley Bank interesting is that almost everybody, like, you had to be somebody in order to get account at Silicon Valley Bank, right? You couldn't just roll in. Uh, a lot of small startups, they would complain. You know, they would start their, their you know, Web 3.0 Silicon Valley thing. They would go to open a bank account. Silicon Valley Bank would say, eh, come back to us when you're bigger. All right, so this is like a country club type bank. Wow. That means that almost all the money that's in that bank, almost all the accounts are over 250. 
right? So those are not covered. So what we're dealing with here, we're not talking about the entire banking system imploding and people lose their money. We're talking to here is rich people losing their money. That's the issue here. And so what the administration wants to do is it's saying, well, you know, uh, it's what they always do. They use the rest of us as human shield. They pretend that, you know, the widows and orphans are at risk when they are not. Uh, they go on about all the small, small companies they're calling it, all these Silicon Valley startups. Uh, and, you know, if and they want to do a bailout now. Now, if they don't do anything, right, if the federal government just kicks back and says, hey, it's fine, let the system work, then what typically happens is that all those rich guys, they're going to lose all their money. Right? They typically lose about 15 or 20% haircut on their money, mm-hmm. as it should be because they shouldn't have been lending in this goofy bank, in this reckless bank. Uh, instead, what they're trying to do is to use Silicon Valley Bank as an excuse to expand that 250 so it covers everybody, even the rich. That is a big problem. A, it's probably going to lead to inflation. B, who exactly covers all those rich people? Where did you get the money for those rich people? The answer is that they come back to, now it comes back to you, the regular person. They take it out of FDIC. Where does FDIC get it? They get it from your bank account called a levy. So they essentially go to your bank and they say, all right, uh, for every thousand dollars a depositor has, we want whatever, 10 bucks, whatever the number is. All right. So they go back and do that. So at that point, what's happening is that you, the regular person, you were covered, you were safe. This was not your problem, but the bailout becomes your problem because now they're going to come, they're going to drain it out of you. They're going to hand that to the rich guys. If that's not enough, if they can't get enough out of that, then they'll go back to what they did in 2009 in the last financial crisis. And they just go straight to treasury and they say, Hey guys, we're going to need a quote unquote loan. So, you know, last time around they were looking at a hundred billion or 500 billion. So they'll, which is a chunk of change. That's a half trillion dollars. Right. So last time around they went to them and said, Hey, we need some money. We're out of cash. We want to uh, bail out more people. Uh, And at that point it comes straight out of taxpayers. Let me ask you a question, Peter. Uh, I got a feeling, just a gut feeling, that a lot of these so-called rich people are probably Joe Biden voters. A lot of people are probably yeah, yeah, that's just Joe same. Biden yep, con- yeah, contributors. Mm-hmm. These are also the people that have shoved, literally shoved this Green New Deal down our throat, which, by the way, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be blunt with you. I call it pure com- communism. I think it's total oh, yeah. communism. Yep. It is the yep. biggest lie that's ever been... Uh, put on American people. And unfortunately, we got yep. people buying it left and right of a lie that you and me, we couldn't stop a virus, but we can stop oh, yeah. the weather. We're going to change. I mean, just yeah. think about it stupid. But my gut feeling is this bank is tied in a, all the things that I just mentioned. Yes. It's tied in with big tech. It's tied in with green. There was some panicky venture capitalist the other day put out a tweet said that 1,500 uh, 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 green startups could fail. I'm sitting there thinking, there are 1,500 green startups? Who are these people? What are they doing? Uh, controlling the weather. So, right, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, it. They All control, these depositors. They're controlling floods oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, they're correct. <laughs> but but, but no, the reason why I say that is, and you just you just made the point, 1,500 companies with the bank, they're going to get bailed out. If they had to get yeah. burned, excuse my French, but they had to get burned, then maybe they would look and say, oh, maybe this ain't such a good deal. 
Because it, without that's the, why, let's be honest, that's correct. Without the federal yep. money, without the printing of money, without the last yep. money deal they made, we wouldn't be talking about green nothing because nobody's investing that. But if the federal government's going to say, hey, all company, you invest in it. Hey, small company, you know, we're going to give you money. We're going to help you. Well, they ain't yeah, they interested in doing that because their ship has come in. That's exactly what happened. So you look around small towns all over America. All right. And you look back when you were a kid, there might have been a bunch of restaurants there, some mom and pop, a couple little stores, all right, an ice cream shop. Now what do you got? You got a Burger King and a gas station, and that's mm-hmm. it. All right. So those those small businesses, if they go down, they go down alone. And in fact, they get hunted partly over this crap, over over green regulations or uh, you know, mandates and all right, so this those little guys in you know <laughs> in the rest of the country, in flyover country, they get burned. The Silicon Valley, Wall Street, those guys get taken care of. That's the message that's going down here. Have, have you ever read the book? Uh, I got a friend of mine. He was in a banking business for 50 years. He was on the Wall Street, uh, the stock exchange. His name is Rusty Cloutier. And he's from Lafayette, Louisiana. And he wrote a book called Big Bad Banks. And he's talking about the failure and how they how they run the economy back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I oh, really yeah. suggest you read the book, although my gut feeling is you probably know everything he's going to probably say because that's what <laughs> you do for a living. But you ought to check it out. It's an easy read. He did a great job. Uh, I put him on my radio program to talk about banking and stuff all the time. He's really a smart guy. And uh, I, I just got to thinking about these the community small bank, the community bank, how they're affected about, uh, 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 with this because I was talking to some of them, and they get real nervous when they're bailing out the big banks. And then the FDIC jacks the price up and the small bank has to pay. And sometimes they can't afford to pay like these big banks. That's absolutely right. And that's exactly what we're talking about, you know, uh, with the small towns versus Silicon Valley. We have bank failures in this country all the time. They don't even make the news. Little community banks go under and they fail alone. Mm-hmm. What it looks like here is the rules are going to change if you are Silicon Valley bank. If you've got the elite in your customer base, well, now we have to ch- move heaven and earth, change the entire system, uh, <laughs> essentially uh, nationalize bank deposits because heaven forbid, uh, you know, these connected rich guys go under. So the rules should be the same for big and small. It should be the same for community banks and, you know, banks that are, uh, uh, you know, on their special list, uh, which is little, small depositors get covered. Big depositors take a 15, 20% haircut, call it a day. Next time, think harder about putting your money, you know, putting your $10 million into a risky bank. Yeah, I, I'm a, uh, Peter, I'm, I'm just so disappointed that we keep doing the same things over and over mm-hmm. again, expecting good results. This is called insanity. We've already seen this. Now, let me ask another question. Yeah. There were, there was a bank in New York that Barney Frank was involved in, by the way. I just wanted to throw that at you. Bank, yeah. bank was involved that did the same thing. My question on that bank in New York, it, did the same thing happen there that happened in, in Silicon Valley? Is it the same type deal, same type investors trying to bail their friends out? Yeah, well, the, the sort of wider picture here is that Silicon Valley Bank was goofing around with the collateral or not, but that's not what actually took the bank down. What took the bank down is something that all banks in America have a problem with, which is that they hold government debt as uh, like, they don't have cash in the vault. They have government debt in the vault. They use that instead, bonds. 
And those bonds, they zigzag, they go up, they go down. And because the Federal Reserve, they've been raising rates, right? They've been trying right. to crush the economy and, and uh, they want people to lose their jobs. They actually say this openly. It's pretty amazing. But <laughs> anyway, they've been trying to crush the economy. And so they've been raising rates. Now, what that does is it makes those government bonds worth less. So the FDIC is saying there's $620 billion, they call it unrealized losses, across American banks. So what happened with some of these other banks, signatures, when you're talking about there's another one, First Republic might be going down. Uh, with those other banks, the issue is that, um, you, you know, that basically what they thought they had in the vault, you know, they thought they had a dollar in the vault, but it actually turns out they have 80 cents or 60 cents. Sure. That's what actually took Silicon Valley Bank down. So the reckless lending was a spark, but the, you got this giant pool of gasoline sitting there in the form of what happened to bonds and the fact that the government pushes banks. They don't want banks holding cash uh, or gold, which is what they used to hold. They want them holding government bonds. Why? Because it soaks up all those trillions of dollars of government bonds. The Chinese are only going to buy so much. Yeah, unbelievable. One of the other things that I want you to discuss is the interest rates have gone up. Two things that happen. Interest rates going up, but the biggest reason they're going up is the printing of money. I mean, if you just oh yeah, you just, for sure. As an economist, I'm not telling you something you don't know, but being no, a, you're right, being a lay person, I try to explain to people. I said when they're printing money no. and they're printing money at the level they're doing now, this is causing the meat at the store, the vegetables at the store, the gas pump, and all that stuff. Everything's yes. going up. So my question to you is: if they print money and inflation's going up. How do we ever get in control of inflation? The third figure in this is they won't quit spending. And the last time they did a bill, That's Peter, exactly it. last time they yep. did a bill, it was all, when you look back and read them, what they're saying, we did all this for the Green New Deal. So they're out there giving out mm -hmm. money and everybody's, you know, their ship's coming in. So they're taking the money or they're investing a little bit and taking the money. But yet this could be such a dy dynamic case here that the failure is coming. I don't want to live in a Great Depression. You didn't live in one and I didn't live in one, but I read enough about them. I don't want to live in a Great Depression. So here's my big question. How does all that work? How do we stop all this? How do we stop all this so we can get back to some kind of normalcy? The amazing thing is how easy it would be to stop, which is you've got to cut federal spending. You got to get rid of the deficits. You got to stop doing these two trillion, three trillion. You know what? What's it? The, the build back better? Uh, what are they? You know, you got these endless bills coming out of DC. Each one's got a two, three trillion dollar price tag. That is what's driving inflation. The reason that the Fed is breaking the financial system is because they're trying to fight that inflation not by telling the Fed to stop spending. They're trying to crush that inflation by making the rest of us stop spending by interest rates. So what they should be doing, what they should have done a long time ago is stand up to the federal government and say, we are not going to buy your debt. We're not going to float this. It's like giving an addict another hit. Mm -hmm. You guys have a spending problem. You need to fix it. In uh, the fed doesn't want to have that conversation, obviously, because they know who pays their bills. And so the rest of us are going to keep suffering. We're going to get inflation. We're going to get recession and we're going to get these bank panics until the Fed controls itself. So near term, yes, they're going to bail out the banks. They're going to convert all of that into inflation. Wow. And then we're probably going to get back to where we were last year, maybe even double-digit inflation. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, 
I'm, I'm one of those guys that get concerned about this in the big picture. I'm not a warrior. I just mm-hmm. look at it and go, guys, you better buckle up because I'm telling you what's coming. You got to have fundamentals in everything in life. I don't care what it oh, yeah. is. You can play basketball. It's in your family. But in finances, you got to have fundamentals. All the fundamentals have been thrown out the out the window. You know, yeah. When do we decide? Run up all the debt we want to. It doesn't matter. Spend yep. all the money you want yep. to. It doesn't matter. When did we ever cross that line to it don't matter anymore? Just do whatever the heck we want to do. That's exactly how it works. And, you know, they get, I, don't, I, I think very few Americans want to have a $30 trillion debt. Very few Americans want to be selling our country uh, off to foreigners. Uh, how do we get here? And, you know, I, I, I think the simple answer is uh, they get away with it. You know, they, they do this little stuff in the shadows. They decorate it. The Federal Reserve is difficult to understand. You got to sit there and, and crack at this thing because it's hidden. They try to hide all this stuff. They got these pretty names on it. They go up there with suits and ties. Uh, they behave like uh, thieves, like gangsters. They're siphoning off yeah. your money you know what's funny? like a thief at night on your gasoline. You know what's funny? I've been doing some shows <laughs> dealing with just because somebody wears a suit and a tie and can mm-hmm. speak well and says, yes, oh, yeah. ma'am, and yes, sir, don't mean they're yeah. a good person. I, 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 I look, yep. I'm not, I'm not cutting anybody wear suit and ties. I wear one myself sometimes, <laughs> but I'm just telling you because you no, have a suit right. and tie, don't make yep. you a great person and a smart person. You can be one of the most Absolutely. evil people in the world. One other thing, what, what concerns me is the push from some of these people to go to the cryptocurrency. And uh, yeah. let me tell you something, as you know, uh, uh, everything is now electronic. So if they go to mm-hmm. that, they got us. And this is what I mean. I got a cell That's phone. I bet you yeah. got one too. And this cell phone, one day, all your banking, you can do this now. You can you can unlock your house. You can unlock your car. You can start your car. In other words, this cell yep. phone, you can do anything. So let's say me and Peter are doing this show today, and they decide they don't like Moon and Peter doing the show, so they decide we out of out of line. So I go home. My phone don't work. I can't get in my house. Yep. I can't get to my bank. I can't eat. I can't do anything. My wife's phone's cut off. Peter's is cut off. What do we do? And that's what scares me about the cryptocurrency. And what this is a Chinese thing. This is a communist movement. And I hate to use yep. that word because people look at you like, man, you're crazy. That ain't happening here. It's, it happens. They're not over here trying to kill us in a war. They're going to do it with a telephone. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, that, that's something they've been pushing out for uh, the past year now. It's called a central bank digital currency. So they want to get rid of your money. They want to get rid of your dollar bills, your coins. They want to throw all that away. And instead, they want to have you on this system where the government can look at everything you spend. Did you buy a gun? Did you buy a gasoline car instead of your EV? Oh, yeah. All right, whatever it is, they can look at it. They can control it. They can say, no, 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 we got too much Second Amendment going on here. We're not comfortable with that. So they want to control you. Now, I'm a fan of Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the anti-government version of that. It's like gold, but they cannot seize it. That was a problem with gold, right? Gold, I love it. It's beautiful, but the government can take it. I'm not going to comment on Bitcoin because I've never yep. really looked into it. It scared me since the first day it came it's, out. Uh, it, but it, since it, I don't, don't understand it, yep. I'm not going to comment I, on it. 100% I agree, Moon. <laughs> don't don't put your money in something you're not comfortable with because because at the first sign of a storm, you'll sell it. All right? So never, ever touch anything you're not com- comfortable I with. I agree. So keep it in gold. You know, keep it in uh, property. 
right? Housing has held up. If we look back at the next, the last time we had a crisis like this in the 1970s, housing held up, uh, you know, and then aside from that, uh, jobs. I mean, you know, you want to, you want to keep your network on, you want to keep in touch with people. Uh, if you lose your job, you want to be able to, you know, have people you can rely on people who can help you find another gig. Sure. Yep. Last question. Uh, I, I, I mentioned several times about the Green New Deal being communism. I got a podcast yep. out, or I thought it was one of my better ones, but and I did it myself because I just want to do it. Last real question here before I let you go: the Green New Deal and the craziness of the Green New Deal. How much is playing in the big picture? This I think it's gigantic, but I want to get your thoughts, and I'll let you go. I agree, it's massive. What their goal here is is they want a permission economy where you're going to have to ask permission for anything you want to do. You want to get married, you want to buy a house, you want to get a job, you want to start a business. And the way they do it is using this stupid carbon footprint. So the way they play the game is this, right? If you want to have a riot and burn down a city, well, that's separate. No, no, no. We don't talk about carbon footprints. On the other hand, if you want to have like a tailgate party mm-hmm. or you want to have a pickup truck, a gas stove. well, now we got to talk about the carbon footprint. So they play this game where anything they don't like yeah. has this like sin attached to it in the form of, you know, carbon. By the way, carbon feeds trees. Carbon is a beautiful thing. Great I'm a thing. huge fan of carbon. Me too. But that's the game they're playing is everything they don't like gets this, you know, punishment for being carbon. And then anything they do like, Eh, look the other way. So they're trying to get an economy where they get a veto. They get to tell you exactly what you can do. They get to ban any industry they don't like. It sounds like like communism. I'm going to let you go. Peter Orange, thank you so much. God bless. We'll do it again. All right, folks, don't forget to join me. Check us out, the Moongraphon Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We appreciate it. God bless. See See you later.